Bibles once again to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Once again, I want you to read it very carefully and make note of what you're reading. It says, being what? Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of what? incorruptible by the what by the word of God with liveth and abideth forever let's read it again being born again not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible by the word of God with liveth and abideth forever come on say forever come on say I was born of the seed of the word of God come on tell your neighbor that's how you were born Again, in Jesus' name. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. You were born by the seed of the word of God. And that's why we're ministering. It's all in the seed. It's all in the seed. Once again, Ephesians 2, 8 reads, For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourself, it is the what? It is the gift of God. It says, by his grace, by his grace and favor. So we're talking about the act of agent here once again. Matter of fact, go to Romans 4.16. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I gave you time to use, a, you know, still working with your Bible. And working with your telephone and your iPad and whatever other form of device that you used in these times. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Romans 4, 16 says, Therefore it is of what? Faith. That it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of who? Of Abraham, who is a what? Who is a father of us all. After reading this, now you know why it's impossible to please God without faith. Why? Because it's by faith so that, so that it might be by grace. It is by what? Faith so that it might be by grace, not the other way around. Without faith, you can never access his grace. Come on, read it again. It says, therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. You need faith to access the grace. Amen. That's why without faith it is impossible to please God. Amen. Amen. And once again, Ephesians 2, 8, 2, 8 read, For by grace are you what? Are you what? Say through what? Faith. See, it's in the seed, folks. There are untapped graces on the inside of you that God is waiting for you to activate using your faith. Amen. Are you with me out there? We read in Galatians 3.11, the just shall live by faith. We also read in Hebrews 10.38, now the just shall live by faith. Amen? We also read in Romans 1.17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by The just shall live by once again, after reading this three times, it should be settled in your heart how you are supposed to live. How are you supposed to live? By what? By faith. 
We also turn to Hebrews 11, 6. We're just going over some of the things we went over last week. It said, but without what? Faith. Faith. It is what? Impossible to do what? To please him. It's in what? Impossible to please him without what? Faith. Matter of fact, we said last week, in fact, it's impossible to please anybody without faith. Because you know people. Come on, are you with me out there? Second Corinthians 5, 7, read it again. It says, for we walk by and not by. That's real key here, folks. We walk by what? Faith and not by sight. This is the first verse of Scripture that gives us our first clue into living by faith. If we're going to live by faith, because that's what walk by faith means, it says we walk by faith and not by We walk by faith and not by sight. Romans 14, 23. How do we walk? And not by sight. I'm going to get it in you one way or the other. <laughs> Romans 14, 23. He that doubt of his damned to be eat because he eateth not of faith for whatsoever, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Why? Because you're supposed to live by faith. Everything you do is supposed to be by faith. It says, whatever is not of faith is sin. Thank God he's a God of mercy, because all of us will be in a lot of trouble right now. <laughs> Come on, are you with me out here? Go, go to Romans 4, 16. Once again, we just read it a few minutes ago. It says, therefore, it is of what? Faith, that it might be by grace. Then it says, to the end. To the what? To the end. Or it said, this is a purpose or this is the reason why God put faith in that position before grace, and this is the reason why it's impossible to please God without it. So we're about to see another piece of the foundation here. It says, therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end, the promise. The promise might be made, might, might be made what? Sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of what? Of the faith of who? Of who? The faith of Abraham, who is the what? Father of us all. We just read if we function in faith, and the way Abraham functioned in faith, it's his faith we're functioning in. Somebody say his faith. Look again at Galatians 3.8. You know, we're a Bible-turning people in here, right? When I give them the scriptures, I give them a long list. <laughs> I could make it hard for them, just make it, you know, as I'm saying it, they can do it, you know. But I, I help them out. <laughs> Galatians 3.8. And the scripture for seeing that what? God would justify the heathen through what? Through what? Faith. Preach before the gospel unto who? Abram saying, in thee shall all the nation be what? Blessed. So then they which be of 
Are you a faith in this room? They which be a faith are what? Blessed with who? Faith bro Abraham. In other words, we're blessed with him. Because we are people of faith. And that's what, that's, listen, that's what grace has been trying to do to all of us, folks. All of us to get you into an area of grace. Say grace. That's what God was after all the time. And we know in the old covenant, they got grace on credit of what they did. Amen? But in the New Testament, you see, when Abraham believed God, it was counted unto him as righteousness. And that's what it says up there. Romans 4.3, let's read it again. Romans 4.3, it says what? For what saith the scripture, Abraham did what? He did what? He believed God and it was what? Counted unto him for what? Righteousness. In other words, God treated him as though he was righteous. But now, after Jesus went to the cross, after Jesus went to hell, paid the price for all of our sins, come on, say amen, somebody, and was raised from the dead, then we believe God. And we were made righteous. Romans 4, 17. We were what? Made righteous. Say, I was made righteous. It says, as it is written, Romans 4, 17, I have made thee what? A father made a nation before him. The cross reference reads, like unto him. Amen. Also, it's actually both like God or before God. Or it's saying talking and acting like God in his presence. Let's say it again. Talking and acting like God in his presence. And God doesn't mind. He don't mind you talking and acting like God in his presence. Because why? You're his child. There's no greater joy to see your child sitting there imitating you. Amen. You ever seen that before? They start, you know, they're putting on your shoes and putting on your clothes, and it just tickles you. Come on, say amen, somebody. So God doesn't have a problem with us, what? Talking and acting like him in his presence. Like God before God, whom he believed, even God, who what? Quinketh or make alive from the dead, and calleth those things which... Calleth those things what? which be not as though they were. Verse 18, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become what? The father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Verse 19, and being not what? Weak in faith. Being not what? Weak in faith. He considered not his own body now dead. When he was about 100 years old, Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now, Sarah's womb had been dead all of her life. Come on, are you with me out here? This was something that had been with them for a lot of years. They knew this. But he said, I'm not looking at that. I'm not looking at the deadness of Sarah's womb. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, 18. We read this last week. What was Abraham doing? It says in 2 Corinthians 4.18, it says, while we what? While we what? Look not at the things which are seen, 
but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are what? Temporal. Or what? Or they're subject to change. But the things which are not seen are what? Eternal. So it's looking at the eternal things that can change what you can't see. Let me say it again. So it's looking at the unseen can change what you do see. Romans 4.20. Go back. It says he what? He staggered not at the promise of God through what? Unbelief. But was what? Strong in what? Faith doing what? Giving glory to God. And I like verse 21. And being what? Fully persuaded. What he had promised he was what? Able also to perform. This kind of faith was strong faith. Somebody say strong faith. This was faith that doesn't stagger by what it sees. Let me say it again. This was faith that doesn't what? Stagger by what it sees. But number one, this kind of faith has to be founded and grounded on the word of God. Are you following me out here? Now, how do you get fully persuaded? Because it's not a mental thing. Tell your neighbor, it's not a mental thing. See, when fully persuasion comes, when fully persuaded comes, it hits you. You know when you're fully persuaded. Come on, you know when you're fully persuaded. Some of you, when y'all got married, you was fully persuaded that was going to be your wife. And women, you were fully, over fully persuaded that he's going to marry you regardless of what was going to happen. You were what? You knew when you were what? Fully persuaded. Come on, say amen, somebody. But it says here, they was what? Fully persuaded. Fully persuaded hit you. You say, yeah, that's, that's it. You say, oh, yeah, that's it. Come on, say amen, somebody. Something happens, and what happened? It happens in the spirit. Somebody say it happens in the spirit. Because once again, remember when Abram came to God, he was not fully persuaded. Go back to Genesis 15.1. When Abram came to God, he was not fully persuaded. And God was talking to him here in Genesis 15.1. And what did he say? It says, and after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying what? Fear not, Abraham. I am thy shield and thy what? Exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, Lord God, what would thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is my what? Is my heir. What's he doing here? He's staggering at the promise. Somebody say he's staggering. Well, what happened? We know God set up the cutting of the blood covenant. And Abraham saw God in all his splendor in that blood that night. Come on, say amen, somebody. He prepared that covenant. Blood was in the ground between those animals and God. The flaming power came and walked up and down in blood. Then in Genesis verse 15, 18, in the same day, the Lord God, what? 
He made a covenant with Abram. Somebody say he made a covenant. Like we said, listen, you'll never come to a place where you are fully persuaded, non-staggering faith, until you spend some time meditating on the fact that I have a covenant, a blood covenant with the Almighty God. And it's not the blood of bulls and goats, folks. It's this precious blood of Jesus, of Nazareth. Come on, say amen, somebody. It was blood and shed in the likeness of Abraham, offering his only begotten son without staggering. And guess what? We have the same faith. Tell you that we have the same faith. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have the same faith that Abraham was using the day he offered his son. It's inside your spirit. Somebody tell you name, it's inside your spirit. And you don't have just a little bit of it, folks. You have, if, listen, if you only have a little bit of it, and everybody else got more than you, then you got a corrupted seed. Amen? But the Bible says in Romans 12, 3, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to what? Think of himself, what? More highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as who? According as who? God has dealt every man in this room the measure of what? So you got faith. You have this, listen, you have the same measure of faith that Abraham had. Because why? God is not a respecter of person. Somebody say, I got the same faith. And you too can do Romans 4, 17. Call those things that be not as though they were. Let me say it again. You too can do the same thing. Call those things that be not as though they were. So that means if something is wrong in your life, it's time to wake up your faith so you can access the grace to fix it. Because why? It's already in the seed that you already have. Somebody say, it's in me. Power is in me. Now turn to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now that we did our review. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17. Dear neighbors, all in the seed. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17. That's not it? Okay. What are y'all talking about? I said Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17. I'm going to have to go listen to the tape. Y'all listening wrong. <laughs> then it's on the screen. <laughs> By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. When did he receive that promise? He received that promise out there on that plane that night. He received what God said when he seen God walking in blood. What happened? It did something to him. What did it do? It marked him. Tell your neighbor, it marked him. 
It marked his whole being. Why? He could see this thing. God marked him when he cut that covenant for He marked him when he told him at the same time in Genesis 15, 5. It says, and he brought him forth abroad and said, look now towards heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. Listen, he said, if you can count the stars, you can count your children. And he believed in the Lord. And he, talking about God, counted it unto him for what? Righteousness. He believed God because why? He could see it. He looked up and he could see it on the inside when he seen the stars. So shall my seed be. Wow. Hallelujah. Go back to Hebrews eleven eighteen. It says, of whom it was said, that in who? Isaac shall thy what? Seed be called. That was the promise. Somebody say, that was the promise. Accounting that what? Accounting that what? God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he what? He received him in a figure. It says he received him in a what? Figure. Listen, folks. At this time, there wasn't any record that God had raised anyone from the dead. Now, he may have, but it's not recorded where you and I would know. So how could he have had this kind of faith? How? He meditated he started meditating, oh, well, listen, if Isaac is my seed and I'm the father of many nations, do you remember what Melchizedek said to him when he came forward with the bread and wine? Matter of fact, go to Genesis 14, 18. He meditated on, if Isaac is my seed and I'm the father of what? Many nations. And what did Melchizedek tell him in Genesis 14, 18? It said, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth what? Bread and wine. And he was the high pri a priest of the most high God. And it says in verse 19, he did what? He blessed him and said, Bless be Abram of the most high God, possessor of what? Heaven and earth. Now, we all know God is the possessor of heaven and earth. But he wasn't talking about God being the possessor of heaven and earth here. He said, Abram of God, possessor of heaven and earth. He said, what? Abram of God, possessor of what? Heaven and earth. Well, if you go to Romans 4.13, he substantiates it right here. Romans 4.13. What's it say? For the promise... That he should be what? Heir of what? Of what? Of what? Of the what? Of the world was not to Abraham or to see through the law, but through the what? Righteousness of what? Faith. As saying he became heir of the world, not through works, but through faith. What did he do? He believed God and it was counted unto him for what? 
righteousness. So he was talking about Abraham being what? The possessor of what? Heaven and earth. But why? Why? Because why? Because he's in joint covenant with the almighty God. He's in what? Joint covenant in the almighty God. That's why he could sit up there and say, Abraham, possessor of what? Heaven and earth. Because that's what the covenant gives you. The covenant gives you rights, folks. Oh, come on. Say amen. We'll go back to Hebrews 11.1. Because that's only half the story. Hebrews 11, no, Hebrews 1, 1. Okay, y'all got it right this time. Hebrews 1, 1. It says, God, who has sundry times, and in divers manner spake in time past unto the fathers by the what? Prophets. Has in these last days spoken unto us by his what? Son, whom he has appointed heir of how many things? Heir of how many things? heir of all things, by whom also he made the what? Worlds. Who being in the brightness of his glory and express image of his person and upholding all things by the what? Word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty where? On high. What well, it says here whom he had appointed heir of all things. Are we joint heirs? Does the Bible say we're joint heirs? So if we're joint heirs and he's been the heir of all things, you too are a possessor of heaven and earth. Come on, say, I am a possessor of heaven and earth. And understand this. We have not paid anywhere near enough attention to the fact that God has given us dominion. He's given us what? Dominion. Amen. And listen, and you walking in deliverance, and you walking in areas of your life, you are walking in victory and deliverance in exactly the same rate as you're walking in dominion. Let me say it again. You walking in deliverance and you walking in the areas of your life, you're walking in victory and deliverance in exactly the same rate as you are walking in dominion. In other words, if you're crying or still crying and boohooing to get God to get the devil off of you, you're going to be crying for a long time because it's not going to happen. Please get it off of me, Lord. I'm tired of this. I'm tired, Lord. Please, Lord. Please, Lord. Please, Lord. Make him stop. And you wonder why he ain't went nowhere. Well, look at a, let's look at a good example of that. 2 Corinthians 12, 7. Look at the Apostle Paul. Because he was just like you. 2 Corinthians 12, 7. It says, unless I should what? Be exalted above measure through the what? The abundance of what? The revelations. Somebody say revelations. There was given to me a what? Thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan to do what? Buffet me. Lest I should be exalted above what? Measure. 
For this thing I besought the Lord twice or three times that it might what? Depart from me. So what was Paul trying to do? He was trying to get God to do something about the demon spirits that were troubling him through people. Everywhere he went. At least he did understand that it wasn't the people that was persecuting him, but the messenger of Satan sent to buffet him through people. If you don't know it by now, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness of the world. Your enemy is not the people. Your enemy is the spirit behind the people. And you sit up there cussing them out, twisting your head, got your little bony finger out. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. And that demon spirit behind them is laughing at you. See, once again, he understood it wasn't the people. But it was the messenger of Satan. Come on, say amen, somebody. That was trying to buffet him through people. Well, notice something here. God didn't tell him no. He didn't tell him my grace was not sufficient. Come on, are you with me out here? And see, some people believe that God told them, no, you just keep that demon spirit because it was meant to teach you a lesson. Listen, there is never a time where God will say a devil is a good thing. So you really need to keep this thing until you learn something. Well, Pastor Walker, um, that thorn in the flesh was given to him to keep him from getting into pride so he wouldn't be full of himself. Well, Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride go before destruction. Come on. Proverbs 29, 23 says, a man's pride shall bring him low. So why would the devil be wasting his time and energy to stop him from getting into pride. That's what he would want him to do. Come on, are you with me out there? What would happen? Go back to 2 Corinthians 12.1. Look what happened. It says, Paul was saying, it's not expedient for me to doubtless to glory. He said, I will what? Come to visions and revelations of who? The Lord. He said, listen. He said, I had come to visions and revelations of some things that the Lord and then he speaks of when it happened in verse 2. He says, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in body I cannot tell, or whether out of body I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such a one caught up into the what? Third heaven. He's talking about himself here. When he was stoned to death in the book of Acts, and God raised him from the dead. He was stoned to death. And then his, 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 his crew kept going. You can imagine... And Paul got up and said, hey, y'all. I couldn't imagine their expression on their face. <laughs> Come on. But that's what he's talking about. Verse 3, he said, I knew such a man, whether in body or out of body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. How that he was caught up into paradise and did what? Heard unspeakable words, 
which is not which it is not lawful for man to utter. He said, I heard some things. There were unspeakable words that man has never even heard before. Verse 5, of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in my, but in my what? Infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he hear of me. He said, in other words, he said, it wasn't about me or anything that I did. So I can't get the glory in what I heard. It's only by the grace of God that I heard what I heard. Then he says in verse 7, unless I should be exalted above measure through the what? The abundance of the revelations, because he's getting so much revelation. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to do what? Buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. You see, Satan knew Paul received something that no one else had received up to that time. And one of Satan's worst fear is revelation of the word. That's his worst fear is for you to receive revelation. Matter of fact, Jesus may alluded to it, but they still didn't have full revelation of it in Matthew 16, 13. Where he said, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say that are John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, he said unto them, but whom say you that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon, by Jonah, for flesh and blood has not what? Revealed it unto thee, but my Father, which is where? In heaven. The key word is revealed. Flesh and blood didn't reveal what you just answered and said, Peter. That revelation that you received, Simon Barjona, was revelation straight from heaven, straight from the Father himself. Come on, say amen, somebody. Then in verse 18 says, I say unto you, thou art Peter. It changed his name. And upon this rock, what rock? The rock of revelation. Not Rome. The rock of revelation. Because why? Revelation of God's word will make you immovable. It'll make you indestructible. It'll make you unwavering in your faith. So Jesus tells Peter, upon this rock of revelation knowledge, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and he doesn't stop there and I will give you the what? The keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Revelation power or revelation knowledge is a powerful force that Satan can't deal with. Come on. And it's what's needed for you to walk in your dominion. Now you can see why the messenger of Satan was sent to buffet Paul. Can you see it now? Come on, can you see it now? Now go back to 2 Corinthians 12, 9. 
Because guess what? God had already given Paul the revelation of do it yourself. You don't need me, you don't need me to deal with that demon spirit. You do it. And he said unto me, what? My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made what? Perfect and weakness. He said, my grace. My grace is sufficient for you. You get him off. Why? He had already given Paul revelation in Ephesians 4, 6, 10. I mean 6, 10 rather. Where finally my brother be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Come on, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness world, against spiritual wickedness and what? And high places. He said, you have dominion over all of them. He gave him the revelation of the full armor of God. Come on, say amen, somebody. And understand this. There was no revelation of the devil in the old covenant. Or his operations in the spirit realm. There were words spoken, but there was no revelation of who he was and how he functioned and how he operated. There was no revelation of the fact that he was the God of this world. The only one that had that revelation was Paul. And he says that in 2 Corinthians 4, 3, where it says, For if our gospel be hid, 2 Corinthians 4, 3, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are what? Lost. Then he says in verse 4, in whom the God of this world has what? Blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should what? Should shine unto them. That was never heard of before. And see, people have this notion that God is in control. And we have to ask the question, in control of what? Well, he's in control of everything. If that was the case, that would mean, from the looks of things we see, what we read in the newspaper, what we see in the news, he really got a lot of things fouled up in this place. And this kind of thinking has people blaming God for every natural disaster, blaming God for every terrorist attack, blaming God for any tragic event in the lives of people. Come on, say amen, somebody. And what they fail to realize is Satan is the God of this world. And guess what? And he's controlling all of it that the church allows him to control. See, God is in control of the church. But most of the church is not obeying him because they're not walking by faith. They're walking by sight. And if you're walking by sight, you're walking in doubting Thomas' faith. Look at John 20, 25. What is doubting Thomas' faith? 
John 20, verse 25. It says, The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of his nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. What was he doing? He was walking by sight. He wouldn't believe unless he seen something. And that's where most of the body of Christ is. They won't believe unless they see something. That's Thomas' faith. And once again, that's what much of the church is doing. They're walking by sight and not by faith. Come on, say amen, somebody. Well, what did Jesus tell Thomas after he told him to put your fingers in, put your finger in my holes, in my hand? Thrust your hand into my side. What did he say in verse 29? Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. But he said, blessed are those that have not seen, but yet have believed. So who are the truly blessed? Those that walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus is trying to get the church to walk in his dominion. But he has to get you out of, he got, he got to get you to walk by faith and stop walking by what you see all the time. Being moved by what you see all the time. Most of the time the church is more afraid than anybody else. They're running before the heathen. Out in front. Come on, say amen, somebody. Look again at Hebrews eleven nineteen. God's trying to get you to walk by faith and not by sight. Some of you are moved too much by what you see. Every time you see something, it strikes an emotion in you. Not a positive emotion, a negative emotion. And it shouldn't be. That means you're walking by sight and not by faith because certain things that you see should not move you. Because a just shall live by faith. And you're supposed to be the just. So you shouldn't be acting like everybody else. You shouldn't even be talking like everybody else. There should be something different about you. Hebrews eleven nineteen. Once again, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he did what? He received him in a what? Figure. What does that mean? He was looking at the unseen. He's looking at what? He's looking at the unseen. He's looking at the unseen in the light of this covenant he had with God. And what he's doing, he, had, he has meditated on this thing. He thought about this thing. Come on, he's doing the same, he, listen, he's doing the same thing, come on, he did when he became fully persuaded that he and Sarah was going to have a boy in the first place. He's meditating on it. 
He's talking about it. He's thinking about it. He's talking to God about it. And he's raising his son to know this. Because you got to remember, Isaac was just about grown. And in full faith, he got up on that power of wood. As a young man, he got up on that power of wood. He didn't say, Daddy, why? He didn't run. Because he's old enough to overpower his daddy. Come on, say amen, somebody. He could have took off his daddy, would have never caught him. Because <laughs> they didn't have nobody else up there with him and his daddy. Come on, say amen, somebody. But in full faith, he got a who, how, where'd he learn that from? He learned that from his father. Fathers. 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 He learned that from his daddy. Come on, say amen, somebody. So what's happening here? What's happening here, hope is happening. I'm talking about real Bible hope. Now go to Hebrews 11.1. Come on, are y'all with me out here? It says, now faith is the substance of things what? Hope for. The evidence of things what? Not seen. To hope doesn't mean to wish. But that's the way the world uses it. When they say, I sure hope so. That's just wishing, folks. Tell neighbor, that's just wishing. Because Real Bible hope gets into expectancy, trust. Come on, say amen, somebody. Are you with me out there? We'll look at an example of this. Go to Isaiah 40, 29. Real Bible hope gets into expectancy and trust. Somebody say trust. Isaiah 4, 29. Now, you can use this. Some of you need to use this. Because my focus has always been for a long time, spirit, soul, and body. I believe all three had to be in tip-top shape in order for me to do what God has called me to do. Come on, say amen, somebody. And this scripture will help some of you with this. Amen. If you're sensing the same thing. <laughs> it says in verse 29 he gave a power to the faint and to them that have no might he increases strength even a youth shall faint and be weary and a young man shall utterly fall but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint The word translated wait here literally means to hope, to expect, and to trust. To hope, to expect, and to trust. Notice it doesn't mention faith. Because faith is the substance of this. If you don't put faith with it, you'll just stand there and wait 
wait and wait. And I guarantee you, you won't get on that treadmill. And you won't go to any kind of gym. Oh, my shit. I should say, I love Pastor Walker now. Get it out the way. But it says, but they that hope, expect, and trust upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not what? Faint. See, I hope and I trust and I expect to have this kind of strength when I put that weight on my back or a bench press that 250 plus pounds or a deadlift that 400 plus pounds every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Or when I run and walk for six miles twice a week. See, I can't hope to do that. And there are plenty of young men in the gym that don't even come close to doing what I do. And I'm 57. Ask Poppy. Well, how do I expect to do that at my age? Well, first of all, you take the Lord at his word. Then you go to Genesis 6-3, where it says, The Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with men, for that he is also his flesh. Yet his days shall be, what, 120 years. The New Living Translation, if they have that, it says, Then the Lord said, my spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time, for they are only mortal flesh. It says in the future, their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years. See, I'm committed to this. I'm committed to this. I'm committed to living to 120 years. But now comes the believing. I hope to, yes I do. I expect to, yes I do. I trust him to do this, yes I do. I have faith in God in this. Come on, I release my faith in you sir and I say sir. Come on, you with me here. Because why? Faith is released in two places, folks. It's released in two places. It's released by saying it and by corresponding action. Oh, my, my, So I say it. In the name of Jesus, I take this renewing of my strength. I rise up like an eagle. I run and I'm not weary. I walk and I'm not faint. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now there's one more step. 
this one more step. I got to get out of my house, put on my gym clothes, go to the gym, and get up under that bar. And pray in tongues and tell myself this is a lifestyle and I'm not going to quit. And I got to tell myself sometimes, I'm not going to quit in the name of Jesus. And there are times I don't feel like going to gym. There are times that I don't feel like running around that track. But I do it anyway. Because my body's not in control of me. I'm in control of my body. And majority of times, when I don't feel like and I do it, them become my best workouts. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. Well, if you keep meditating on that, and you keep meditating on that, and you keep your eyes on that scripture, and you keep your eyes on it, keep your eyes on it. Come on, say amen, somebody. And once again, you may come to the dream dragon. Sometimes they dreading to do this. But you keep talking this. Tell your neighbor, I keep talking this. You keep meditating on this day after day, day after day, every time you go on. And after a while, what happens? Substance starts coming. What is it? Faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more you say it, the more you hear it. But it comes primarily from hearing. Listen, this is, it comes primarily by you hearing faith words preached. You're going to have to get to where they're preaching faith. You're going to have to get to where they're preaching faith. You have to get away from that, well, you never know. Yeah, you do. People say, well, you never know what God's going to do. I know exactly what God's going to do. Because why? I have this book called the Bible. I got this app called the Bible. And in this book, he's saying exactly what he'll do. Exactly what he won't do. Come on. And he put in that book exactly what I'm to do. And when I do what he says I'm to do, he'll do exactly what he says he'll do. So let's get in this gym. And let's get on that track. I ain't get a lot of amens in here. And you... Oh, shit. And you deal with your diet the same way. Oh, Lord, hallelujah. You don't go around saying, I just hate this stuff, promise. <laughs> I don't want to eat like this. It's green stuff in my cup. Come on. <laughs> You don't go around saying that, 
That's if you don't desire to be healthy. There's a difference between being healthy and just tired of being sick. Being healthy takes some effort. Just ask me and my wife. Being healthy takes some effort. Why? Because you got to change some things. I'm preaching good in here. You got to do what? Change some things. See, it's just a whole lot better to not get sick in the first place. Live and walk in divine health and believe God for your healing when a slightest symptom appears. See, understand this. That makes you, listen, that makes you a whole lot harder to bring down as something does attach itself to you. And all you do is just stomp on that thing and go about your business. Come on, are you with me out here? Go back to Hebrews eleven nineteen. That was free. <laughs> Hebrews eleven nineteen. Once again, it says, "Accounted that God had what? God was able to do what? Raise him up, even from the dead. From whence also he what? Received him in a figure. He had already seen it, folks. He had already seen him raised from the dead on the inside. He had already seen him come out of those ashes. Come on, say amen, somebody." What happened? See, Abram, he put some time in this, folks. He put some time on this. He spent some time with this. Go to Mark 25. He put this on the inside of him to the point where he could see his son being raised from the dead. That takes time. That takes you getting in that word and getting in that word. And meditating on that word. And meditating the word, which a lot of people won't do, so that's why they keep walking by sight and not by faith. Because they read the scripture one time and say, okay, I read it. Nothing happened. I'm still broke. Still sick. Marriage still jacked up. Because what? They haven't meditated enough where they see, where they see, where they see. You don't stop meditating until you see. He doesn't stop meditating until he's seen his boy coming out those ashes, even though it had never been done before. Come on, are you with me out here? Look at Mark 25. There was some time spent in the household of this woman with the issue of blood. It says as we close, a certain woman which had an issue of blood how many years? Twelve years. And had suffered many things and many physicians, and had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather do what? Rather grew worse. And when she had what? When she what? When she had heard of Jesus, she spent some time on what she heard. About who? About Jesus. She heard about what he did. She heard about what he preached. She heard about him, and she heard about him, and she heard about him, and she heard about him. Then she got to thinking, if he healed those other people, surely he can heal me. Think about that. You know, I can be healed here. Yeah. If I, if I just, if I just, what's happening here? If I, she's meant. If I just, what's happening is substance 
is happening. Substance of faith got her to saying it. She begins saying in verse 28, if I may just touch his clothes. Come on, anybody with me? I shall be whole. If I just touch, if I just touch his clothes, I know I'll be healed. If I just touch his clothes. Well, after a while, if I just touch his clothes, that means I'm gonna have to have to I'm gonna have to get out the house. And get into the street. Why? Because that's where he is. And probably several days before, she wouldn't even thought about getting out there. Because why? It was illegal for her to be in the street. She could have she got what? Stoned to death. But after a while, what happened? Faith came. Hope filled with substance and got her up and got her into the street and came into the press behind and touched his garment. And straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was what? Healed of the plague. She crawled out, but she walked back. You hear what I said? She crawled out, but she walked back. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For we walk by faith and not by sight. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things that are seen are temporal, are subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Lift your hands and give God praise. Come on, give him glory. Come on, it's time to walk by faith and not by sight. It's time to be the just that God already told you were. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God needs you to start walking by faith so you can walk in your dominion again. Not sudden for things, but change things. Amen. Things that happen because we've allowed them to happen. We allowed abortion to happen. We allowed them to change the marriage laws. It was a church. Because we haven't been walking in our dominion. We've been walking by sight and not by faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father.